Today, it is all about feeling the burn. I'm talking feeling the John Burn, one of the most popular, successful, uh, innovative creators in the history of comics. But boy, did he have a temper. Boy, did he love to speak his mind. And, uh, and, and, and we love a good comic book feud here on Observations, and we are bringing you feuds plural today. It is John Byrne against everybody, Kirby, Image, etc. on an all-new episode of Observations. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Observations. We have got a really fun show for you today. I am so excited to share it with you. I'm Rob Liefeld. I'm your host. I've been making comics for almost four decades. That's the easiest way to explain it to you. Almost four, almost 40 years. Been loving them for, for literally 50 years. Uh, j- just an absolute obsession with comic books that I get to share with you here. Comic books in movies, comic books in television, comic books in games comic books uh as cartoons I-, I love comic book comic book superheroes comic books more than than just 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 shy of my family maybe more don't tell them uh <laughs> I, and and i just appreciate so much you hanging out with us here while we talk comic books the evolution of comic books i would invite you to go through our past library check through uh different episodes, different names, different topics. We've been doing this for years when it hits May and uh, middle of May, end of May, somewhere around there where we have been doing this for years. I'm so shocked. I, I, I literally was, was talking to my wife the other day, mornings, I don't know how you are with your significant other. I don't know if you're young married, old married. I, 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 I kind of put myself at old married. Uh, we'll, we'll be married 28. Is it 28 years? Oh crap, 29 years. Uh, this summer, my wife and I. So we are kissing thirty. That's 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 together a long time. We do our morning coffee chat like like so many of the uh, of you. I I think I, I maybe maybe not. Maybe you're both out the door. What do I know? I get a great experience where I get to hang out and uh, kind of catch up on the day. That 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 hour. I'd say seven thirty to eight thirty a.m. That that's where we are catching up on life. What we've heard of our kids, friends, family. And uh, news, and and just kind of just kind of have our have our time. And and I said to her, my my wife, I said, Joy, I can't believe it's been four years since the pandemic. Is it twenty to twenty one, twenty one, twenty two, twenty? Oh my gosh! I did it right in front of her. I'm like, this is crazy. It, it it an event that seemingly upended the world. That certainly, as I was able to tell my kids, my mom who was alive at the time, my 82 year old mother had never experienced a pandemic. It's not like something that most of us could go and get. Uh, you know, reference for advice from experience, but this podcast was 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 born in the loneliness that was the pandemic, the isolation, the lockdowns, and 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 here we are. We keep going. Not everything we share with you is important. Maybe nothing that I share with you is important, but it's history. It happened, and sometimes it's fun. And today, John Byrne versus everybody kirby image etc i'm not sure that i can do this in one episode we're going to find out uh, it's a comic book feud john byrne is one of the guys that if you go in my comic catalog uh, of, of podcast if you were to t- 
type in John Brown, I, I think he's probably in the top three names you're going to get next to Frank Miller, Kirby, uh, McFarlane, John Brown. He's, he's top five. He's definitely top five. He was an enormous, just an incredible, impactful force on the business. And I've covered here before. He ascended very quickly when the young uh, children of America, of whom I, I put myself, when the young children of America encountered John Burns' work, they loved it. He had that right mix of cartoony and and uh, kind of comic book realism, big kind of manga eyes with with uh, great gestures, clean line. He was very cartoony, uh, very dis- distinct style. It got actually more kind of cartoony as it went along. We've we've detailed all of the uh, influences the ha- that he had, and and literally, I think he was the subject of one of my second and one of my favorite episodes. I mean, it's old, and I, and I and I haven't learned how to rock the mic yet, and I'm, I'm still learning. But certainly, it was in in my like th- this show's formative stages. I did what I what I thought was one of my favorite episodes, and it was the rivalry that shook shaped an era, and it was between himself and George Perez, who were like neck and neck. Who was going to dominate? It was like it was like the magic and bird. That is the closest uh, I can come to the magic and bird of the era, and it was dur- during the same era, the the, the late seventies, early eighties, which is where this was born and their popularity took off. And uh, burn for me, uh, you know, what was was alongside a gentleman named Frank Miller, the other guy you're going to get a lot, was one of the biggest, one of the most uh, profound creators with with profound impact of of that age uh he he did so many runs was so prolific but along the way he just uh showed a side of himself repeatedly repeatedly and i and i've shared it with you guys here uh so 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 i googled on the internet john byrne and and uh immediately why does everyone hate john byrne came up and people said he was arrogant he's uh He's he's bitter, he's grumpy, he's mean spirited, and I have experienced all of these things. And so have you. If you've been in the comic book industry, he does not pull punches. He is uh, refreshingly, <laughs> I'm gonna say, refreshingly candid. Y- you know, you may not agree with what he says, but he says it with uh, with 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 a with, uh, with a resolve and, <laughs> and a conviction. That that I think uh, that I think is so entertaining. I'm not sure that there's anyone anywhere any, anywhere remotely like him. Maybe quietly in the kind of maybe in 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 the, uh, to the side of the internet and and to the side of of social media is is Howard Chaikin, who I still find also refreshing, refreshingly candid. Now you go life uh, again with these old guys. No, these old guys came up against uh, the new old guys, which is me and my peer group. And uh, I mean. Very few people receive praise from John. And, and what you're going to see today is he's a man who seems to be at odds with himself, but this guy was born to feud. Uh, if you go and, and you look at who, his, who, he, <laughs> who he has feuded with, it is uh, names like Jack Kirby, Mark Wade, uh, myself, Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson, uh, Peter David, Dan Slott. He has said ridiculously, I, I will just say ridiculous things about Christopher Reeve and. Uh, and Jessica Alba, and uh, the, I won't even touch that stuff. I, I, I find that stuff to be slightly on, on the super crazy end, but I'm going to keep it in the comic book realm, but study kind of what was going on here. And in, the, and in a nutshell, uh, 
in, in John Byrne's own Art of John Byrne, I've read to you, and I, I, I know it by memory, he talks about being in, in, inter, inter, uh, in, introduced at a convention, at a panel, and that the applause was the biggest for him, even more so than Neil Adams, and he was shocked. He couldn't believe he was walking out to this acclaim, and he's telling this, this um, interviewer in 1981, he's telling him this. And so his X-Men run has come and gone. Maybe, maybe during the interview, it, it is still in its last days. But he has done his uh, four-year run on the X-Men, transformable, I just made a board, transformational, transformational work. I, I have maintained so many times, you're not going to miss out. You, 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 Marvel has reprinted his X-Men up and down, uh, big formats, small formats, uh, the, the, the slick paper, the cheap paper. Uh, facsimile editions, hardcovers, there's artist editions, literally some of the more, most storied, most acclaimed and celebrated work in the history of comics belongs to John Byrne. And he was quite uh, successful for a, a stretch. I have referred to that period as the deal with the devil because there is a period in his career that I just disengaged. It didn't look like the stuff that I fell in love with anymore. It's like an, it's like a band and maybe I won't say some of the band's names I want to very much but but you know that band and you fall in love with them and they have like a certain sound and they, they tweak that sound um but then one day they show up with a with an album you're like what the hell is this this doesn't sound anything like how I love this band how I have loved this sound they were they were reliable they 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 they, they, they worked you know within the parameters of what what they did well and, and and they pushed it maybe the left to the right but but some guys sometimes these bands show up with a completely different sound I've had this happen to me probably with five six different bands uh over over the the, the span of my you know love of music and, and listening to all all sorts and especially in from high school on it, it's country it's pop it's new wave uh it, it I, metal I love everything I literally love everything rap reggae hip-hop uh i'm in i just love it all can do deep dives and do you know sections in each and every one of 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 the the, the this these different musical arenas and and genres but john Byrne one day just drew different laid out different approached his page differently but when he was crushing it uh he was doing it better than anyone else one of the things uh, another like again when i was researching some of the information that I'm going to bring to you today during our comic feud episode. John Byrne is mad at everybody. Okay. Uh, people there are, there are often very often, uh, uh, people who, who share when they describe him, he was the big one, one blogger said he was the biggest, if not the biggest, he was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, creator of the eighties. And, and I think that you, you are hard-pressed to, to go up against that. He came into the business with uh, samples that reflected Jack Kirby. He, he, he came into the business and Comics Interview Magazine, when, when I was you know, just out of high school, they printed these in their, in their magazine. They got a hand on John Burns' sample pages. And it, it, to my memory, it's somewhere between 16 and 20 sequential pages of the Fantastic Four that John Byrne did to show around to get work. And they are drawn almost spot and style on Jack Kirby. They reflect 
Jack Kirby's dynamics to an absolute T. It it is, uh, it it's in on some pages it looks like an iteration of Jack actually drew these pages. So so this is when it helps that I record this in my studio and I can jump over to a shelf and access something that I'm just referencing and actually correct myself while recording. And boy, was I wrong. Okay, did I say 16 and 20? 30, 30 straight pages uh, printed in Comics Interview, Comics Interview Magazine. Comics Interview number 25, if you want to grab it, if you want to go on eBay, if you want to um, get it. Comics Interview Magazine features 30 full pages of previously unpublished Fantastic Four burn art. They're all in pencils, but it details the, the team, Sue, Reed, Johnny, Ben, as they have this adventure in space. It is sequential art. And once again, whether it, whether it is uh, Johnny Storm or Ben Grimm, definitely his thing. His thing, oh my gosh, some of these, they are so on model. He is drawing exactly uh, like Jack Kirby. Now, you can see some of what would be John Byrne, you know, creeping out along the edges. But I'm going to tell you, so so he is the cover to this Comics Interview magazine. Comics Interview number 25 did come out when I was in high school, 1985. He draws himself on the cover with The Thing and Hulk and Sasquatch, his character, and She-Hulk. Uh, who he was illustrating in Fantastic Four at the time, they are all backing him up. And then Jim Salakrup, the interviewer, is sitting, it's shot behind the interviewer, who we see full figure sitting in his chair with his tape recorder. And John Byrne is sitting there, legs crossed, hands you know, being held in front of his head. And he says, ask anything you like, Jim. And the implication is that She-Hulk, Hulk, Thing, and Sasquatch standing behind him are going to you know, protect him at all costs, defend him. So, And, 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 and even from just... The shot of Salakrip from behind, it, it makes him look nervous. Uh, and, and he's on the cover. An awesome magazine-length interview with Marvel's John Byrne. I mean, this, this is one of the, if not the longest, interview with John uh, I, have, I have ever read. And, and I remember when it came out, given that he was so popular, it was like, wow, I'm getting another John Byrne product. And then, of course, they've got these, these, uh, they've got these amazing, you know, they, they've got the <laughs> they've got uh, these incredible renditions, uh, thirty pages of the Fantastic Four, and and so you know again this is uh, Mr. 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 Uh, <laughs> Mr. Jim Salakrab did this interview, and it is printed in eighty five, and 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 John says even even just glancing through this, I mean he there's headline. Stuff. I walked up to Rich Buckler, a penciler at the time, somebody who was doing the Fantastic Four, and said, I want your job. Okay. He 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 then says that John Buscema, one of the most he's on my Mount Rushmore of artists, um, says that, you know, the thing was starting to look like Fozzie Bear from the Muppets. Uh John was very, again, very refreshingly candid and and was incredibly, incredibly successful. But he came in with a heavy Jack Kirby influence. And early on, when uh, in his career, Jack Kirby was having his conflicts with Marvel, uh, giving him his art back, uh, not, not the, 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 the kind of how Jack felt his, his treatment by Marvel overall was poorly handled, that he didn't get enough attention, he wasn't acknowledged as the creator enough. 
um, stuff that's familiar to a lot of people all over, you know, in the modern day. And uh, John Byrne famously made this statement about how Jack should be thankful and, uh, and that John then pronounced himself to be a proud cog in the machine. John's exact quote was, I am just happy to be a cog in the machine while working for Marvel Comics. And seeming to throw shade uh, at, at Jack Kirby, which, which was weird. And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to tell you exactly why it's so weird that he would say something like this. John Byrne originally uh, expressed this in an editorial that he wrote himself for a magazine called Comic Scene Number 2. Now, this has been covered on YouTube videos and in many different places. I'm actually going to use this as a springboard for something else, but you need to have this as your, your, um, you know, your, your, your base, your, your bad rock, uh, and, and because we'll, we'll, be, we'll be able to you know, jump from this. But, but the background is John in, in comic scene number two, at the height of his popularity, uh, defined himself as a company man. And that is where he wrote him in his own words. So it's, this isn't a quote. He wrote this. And I'm looking at this page from Comic Scene right now. It, it's the article he wrote. It's called Our Creator's Rights. He says, I am a cog in the machine, which is Marvel Comics. And he explains why he believes creators should accept the rules as they are, or at the very least, not pretend that they weren't aware of the rules when they started working in the industry. He's character, characteristically uh, blunt and direct in this article. And he's saying the whole concept of work for hire has been a thorn in the side of creative people for a long time, but it has been the duty of those who entered the industry to accept the rules and not to expect their presence to modify their little corner of the cosmos. This, is, this was also happening during a time where Steve Gerber, who had created Howard the Duck, was in a rights battle uh, with Marvel or, over Howard the Duck. And Byrne uh, claims, uh, as he testified 15 years later uh, against Mr. Marv Wolfman in a lawsuit for, for Blade, that everyone knew uh, that they were selling all their rights to Marvel in exchange for plat page rates, and it was disingenuous for Marv Wolfman to pretend otherwise. Uh, in this article, this Creator's Rights article, again, published in 19... Uh, 83, 82, 1982 in comic scene number two. If we are going to have creators' rights, should we not then also have creators' wrongs? And he blathers on from there. Uh, you can find this online. You can access this and, and read, read uh, more, more distinctly some of the things that he was sharing. It was, it was bizarre that someone that popular at the time would, would take such a bold role because, because a bold position on this and Creators' rights were really starting to boom. Jack Kirby then teamed with Steve Gerber to do Destroyer Duck, which I remember at the time being so excited to get. I was going to a comic store at the time. I was now part of the direct market experience, no longer getting comic books from 7-Elevens and liquor stores and markets. And Destroyer Duck was advertised because the comic book press was starting to find its way into our hands through Amazing Heroes, Comics Journal, uh, Comic Scene, all these great different ways to, to, to interact with, with, with fandom at large. And we knew that Destroyer Duck was meant to raise funds for Steve Gerber to help in his battle for Howard the Duck. And in it, then they created a character called Cogburn, uh, which is a shot at John Byrne. And, and again, you, you, can, you can Google this. This stuff has been covered. I am, I am by no means uncovering a rock that is, is not aware. Th this blog, by the way, uh, on, on the internet, it's, uh, 
Comics Commentary, blogspot.com. This was written September 22nd, 2009. And it, th- th- this is where I am reading all of this. And, and also, th- just to give you a context, when John Byrne said this, we were also coming out of a period of time where the Siegel and Schuster family were trying to get better treatment from DC, especially given how much Superman was being exploited. So, kind of sets the table. And so you may know this. You may know that Jack Kirby wrote, uh, and, and they did... <laughs> They depicted Cogburn, which I'm looking at right now, the splash page. Uh, and uh, Cogburn is kind of just a giant melty mass with, with, with whose, whose face resembles uh, John Byrne. And when he went after Jack or said stuff that related to stuff that he was going through as John Byrne was referring to here about creators not being thankful and not knowing their place. But I think the reason it's weird, I'll, get back, I'll circle back and land the weird thing right now, is that John Byrne was making all of his bones working on books that Jack Kirby created. Fantastic Four, The Avengers, The X-Men, Captain America. Later at, at DC, The New Gods, okay? He would go on and he would do an extended run on The New Gods. John liked to inhabit all of Jack's toys. He liked to, to, to you know, possess them and play with them. Blastar, Galactus, Silver Surfer, Annihilus. All of these products of Jack Kirby, the Inhumans, all of Jack's imagination. Marvel, again, has not done a good enough job, in my opinion, over the years, delineating, you know, because I have people tell me that, that, that Stan Lee wrote and drew these books. And again, Jack Kirby is nowhere near as well known as I believe he should be. He should have a statue. Uh, he should have a biopic. All of these things should be happening absolutely right now. Jack is that important. I will. I'm going to go so far as to say he's more important. You can say that they're equal. I'll say that Jack's uh, share as the visual interpreter of all these stories, and Jack will tell you that he wrote the lion's share of them. This stuff is never going to get settled. Having known both men, I throw my belief behind Jack. I do. It's much easier to believe looking at the results when they broke up, when they split. I've covered it many times. So John Byrne not only made his bones on Avengers and X-Men <laughs> and Captain America and Fantastic Four, he, he broke into the business drawing like Jack Kirby with these 30, again, you get this comics interview magazine and you see, uh, you see 30 Jack Kirby looking pages. This guy looked up to Jack, recognized his importance. But somewhere along the line, it shifted and it was the community took John's comments as like, you old guys, shut up. You should be happy with what you have like I am, which was always semi and remains honestly semi baffling. And, and just so we are clear, when you actually see this actual page uh, that, that, that burned when he wrote this editorial uh, for comic scene. The quote is under his photo while he draws this. I am a cog in the machine, which is Marvel Comics, and I rejoice in that. There you go. So he doesn't, I, I just scanned the actual article again, and he doesn't necessarily, he, he does not mention Jack Kirby by name by my scanning this over a couple times. He mentions the Siegel, Siegel and Schuster. He mentions Stan Lee. He mentions Jim Shooter. But it was known that Jack was upset. It was known that Steve Gerber was in a legal dispute. So again, he, he was picking sides. He was ex- extremely popular. But then, of course, Jack, 
key of Funky Flashman, who is an analog for Stan Lee, and House Roy, who is an analog for Roy Thomas. Uh, Jack doesn't take things lying down, and hence you got Cogburn. And so, so John became immortalized in that way. And, and Jack is not the only person, as you're going to find out, to, to, to put John in a comic and, uh, and, 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 and kind of maybe, maybe, maybe take a shot or two. But the Kirby stuff is weird, given that you, just, you would feel that, that, that John would have been more, uh, I, I'm going to say, respectful towards Jack d- during this period. So Cogburn, John Byrne, Jack Kirby, all this stuff. We're going to jump from that, which again, there's plenty of coverage. You can read it online. You can look at YouTubes. Uh, you're going to get similar information to what I've shared because it all comes from that one article where John Byrne you know, said that I'm happy to be a cog in the machine. Uh, like, and I rejoice in it. So weird. In the Jack Kirby Collector, which is an astounding magazine, you should get these. Uh, they still publish. They've got collections, compendiums. What an amazing magazine. In, in, in the Jack Kirby Collector, issue 12, October of 1996 is the date uh, on the magazine. They interview people around the world, different countries, and how they viewed Captain America, especially, you know, given that Jack and Joe Simon created Captain America way preceding, you know, their formal entry into what would be Marvel Universe, Marvel Comics, Fantastic Four, all this stuff. Speaking specifically of Jack, um, they ask, it's interesting. They ask if Jack's work was an influence on John Byrne. Did the Kirby Collector says, did, John, did Jack Kirby's work have an influence on your work in comics? He says, as a part of the greater whole, I'd say yes, though not in a specific way. Ha! And, <laughs> and then you go, but I have 30 pages in the comics interview. Very tight pencils that look like you were drawing like Jack Kirby. So uh, go figure. Then later on, they ask if they'd ever met, he, 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 if he has met Jack. And he says, the first time was my very first trip to San Diego. And I took the opportunity to ask Jack Kirby about Captain America since I had just taken over the art chores on the title. I asked him what he had in mind, what single guiding element was most important when he drew Cap. Unfortunately, this is unbroken. This is, I am reading verbatim. Again, I asked him what he had in mind, what single guiding element was most important when he drew Cap. Unfortunately, what he said was little use to me since it came from his own background, his own upbringing, and his own take on the world. I was forced to find my own handle on Cap, which was probably for the best anyway, since anything else I would have done would have been warmed over Kirby. Strange answer, my opinion. Uh, He says the second time he met Jack was months before he died at San Diego Comic-Con. He was reduced and uh, shrunken, and he was never a big man to begin with physically, and he was reminded what a... uh, Little guy he was. Tough as nails, you could tell, but not small. It's a nice thing. I, I think that's a really nice comment. Then they say, do you, the Kirby Collector launches directly into, do you think Marvel treated Jack Kirby fairly? John Byrne, I mean, he literally punches it up here. Do you think Marvel treated Kirby fairly? Of course Marvel treated Kirby fairly. They treated him exactly the way they treat everyone. You can be more fair. You can't be more fair than that. The problem is perceptual. Comics as they exist today have existed for the last decade are almost totally different from what they were when Kirby started and indeed from what they were for most of his career. There is an image people have of Siegel, of Kirby, Siegel, Schuster, 
and of Ditko being ripped off by these huge faceless corporations. In fact, everyone who worked in comics understood that the deal was, and there were very few moves made to change that deal. I have been even told by people who worked for him that Kirby himself ran his own company the same way with everyone working work for hire and no return of artwork. Bullshit that I'm just going to insert bullshit. Uh, What is difficult for many people nowadays to imagine is that artists didn't want the artwork back there. Look, there was no market for it. What were they supposed to do with it? And is it important to remember that comics are, after all, an extension of the way commercial and advertising art fields work, and there is no return of artwork there either? The upfront money is considered a buyout. John goes on to say, it's unfortunate that Lee, Kirby, Ditko, and others did not reap the benefits of the characters they created, but to say that they were treated unfairly is to distort history. Times change. It's sad that Jack Kirby, who was a great innovator in so many areas, was not ultimately an engineer of what turned out to be some of the most beneficial changes. In many ways, I see this as an insult to his memory, that he is viewed as a martyr for the cause. Chew on that for a minute. Later on in the interview, uh, they asked they ask John Byrne, what about, in, this is in 1996, the, the Kirby Collector, what about Jack's place in the comics industry? Of course, it's impo- this is now John's answer. Of course, it's impossible to gauge Kirby's total influence on the comics industry as a whole. Even people who are but barely aware of his work now mouth his name ref- reflexively, diluting the effect in the memory, sad to say. What? Liefeld intervention, what the hell does that mean? Uh, he was a great force in the industry, one that will likely never be equaled again. Then the Kirby collector said, Jack Kirby's talent had a great impact on the comic industry. Without his imagination and artistry, this business would be in a vastly different state. What kind of impact does John Byrne want to leave? John says, one of the things that embarrasses me the most in my professional life is when people call me the new Jack Kirby. Okay, the reason I'm reading this, this is like the 10th time in in so many interviews, John wanted to always tell us how everyone refers to him as the new Jack Kirby. I never heard anyone in my circle refer to him as that, but he clearly wants you to know that he does not accept this moniker, even though honestly, it feels like he feels like he does. I'm not, and never will be. For one thing, I would probably not exist if not for Kirby. I will never amass the creative output he am, uh, the, the, the creative output Kirby did. Uh, I will see it as a major achievement if I leave even 50% of, uh, of his work. They finally ask him, uh, can you define what about Jack's work is of importance to you? And he says, he is not a particularly skilled draftsman. Not of the Will Eisner, John B. Sema, Joe Kubert school, but one who exploited his skills to the maximum effect and produced definite works in the medium. So we're still not to where I'm headed. We're, we're not to where I've arrived yet because this gets the image comic stuff. And this is in his own word. When we uh, formed Image Comics in 1992, if you weren't around, it was kind of a big deal. It was fun. Uh, it was very electric. The, 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 the industry responded in kind. John didn't like any of us already. He was already making side comments about McFarlane. He did an issue of She-Hulk mocking Todd's doing poses of Todd Spidey. He did an entire issue of She-Hulk that opens mimicking my X-Force 3. Uh, he, he later on had some kind of on-the-fence comments about Jim. There's a, he'd, he'd, he'd occasionally throw an elbow Jim's way. I didn't take great time to find the exact quotes. They're out there. 
Uh, certainly in the Comics Journal interview that I've read to you guys from 1980, it's one of my favorites. He takes shots at Jim Starlin, takes shots at Marv Wolfman, takes shots at George Perez, takes shots at Bob Layton, people who were super popular. He was very comfortable being the top guy in comics, and he was. It was, it was him and Frank. Frank was, uh, but, but, but Frank was coming after. Frank was happening after John became the biggest guy. But later on, when we formed Image Comics, and we, okay, myself and Jim Valentino and Eric Larson had a default setting that was absolute love for Kirby. And uh, I bought all of Jack's stuff growing up. It was instant purchases. Devil Dinosaur, Machine Man, Captain America, OMAC is the stuff that was coming out when, when I was uh, starting to collect stuff that, that ran from 74 to that 77 era. I, I loved his work. I never missed it. It was bold. It was powerful. It was incredibly appealing to me, uh, especially those Cap and those Black Panthers. And Machine Man was among my favorites. I would put Machine Man while Jack Kirby was doing it. So innovative, so imaginative. I loved the poses, the drawings, uh, the staging, the splashes. Just loved all of it. Uh, he, he was a natural draw. Jack, Jack Kirby, I, I bought just... Instant purchase. New Jack Kirby book. Boom. I grabbed it. And I didn't really understand who Jack Kirby was other than this guy who was producing a ton of work for Marvel. And then later through maybe letter columns or different interviews understood his importance. So by the time I'm, you know, when, nine, when, when, when Image Comics happens, I am like five years into my career and uh, just massive love for Jack. I've already done panels with Jack uh, at, at, at LA comic conventions, at San Diego, shared space with him, met him and his, his, his lovely wife, Roz, uh, as I've said before, was able to go to his house, uh, break bread, have meals, uh, buy artwork directly from him and Roz, listen to stories. I took my studio up. Uh, we had a great time. I, I, I still am baffled uh, that, that, again, while, while the rest of the guys respected him, I, I would say Eric, myself, and Valentino adored him. None of them went and visited him and hung out with him. And I, I'm sure if they went back in time, they would make sure that that would occur. Jack did relatively die young, given how much older some of his peer group lived. And it was an abrupt uh, heart attack that, that took him. And, and, and again, just a shock to the entire world. And, and, and trust me, it was the king is dead. The king. There is no other king. So saying you people say you're the new, don't say that anymore. You're not and never were the new uh, Jack Kirby. John started vocally. Now, John Byrne talked about Image Comics all the time. If he mentions us in the forewords of his own work, he, we, we had nothing to do with him. He mentions us uh, in, in the forewords to Next Men and, and, and other, other works, but there's many volumes of Next Men. He's always circling back. He talks about Todd. He talks about uh, Youngblood, he talks about Spawn. He did his articles for Entertainment Re- uh, Retail Magazine, and he talked about Image and Todd. We were in his head. We lived there because we were the new generation that replaced him. It's like a new generation of NBA stars, a new generation of NFL stars. The old guard never goes quietly. They never will. They never do. Um, I, I, I'm certain that I will be the exact same way. Johnny uh, was obsessed with us and mentioned us all the time, but when we started hanging out with Kirby, it appeared to get under his skin. It really appeared to bother him. And he started mentioning it. And I've got a actual commentary that John himself 
and, and this is reflective of all the comments that he was leaving about us at the time, because uh, like, like I said, he was, he was extremely uh, obsessed with image comics. And then when we were being photographed and doing work with Jack Kirby, and if you read, I, I think there's a read, if you listen, there's a podcast about Phantom Force and the long and the short of it. Uh, one of my visits to Jack, I saw in the drawer, a bunch of unused sequential art for a, another project and some other pages that were knocking around and decided, what if we put this together and what if we gave all the money to you? And we did. And we gave, and they are on record, we gave up until I'm sure this giant settlement with Marvel. We, and Jack and Ross said it was the biggest check they'd ever received in comments. It, it was a six-figure uh, check. It was uh, just stuff that he had in his drawers. And it was so excited. Uh, it, it was so exciting to just do something for the guy who had done everything for all of us. That put us publicly in business doing work with Jack. And John seemed to be even more kind of bothering and it was under his skin. In John's own words, and this reflects the stuff that he was saying through the entirety of the 90s. This is written on July 25th, 2011 on his John Byrne message boards. He says the image boys were pretty good using Kirby as the core of some really bad comparisons. Says the guy who keeps telling everybody, I'm not the new Jack. Stop calling me the new Jack Kirby. <laughs> the image boys were pretty good at using Kirby as the core of some really bad comparisons. When they were working themselves up to their break with Marvel, they, they liked to be compared to Jack. They liked to be compared to Jack Kirby in the way that they were being, and in quotes, ripped off. Then he says, again, this is all a post written by John. It is John Byrne, posted by John Byrne, July 25th, 2011, at 9.29 a.m., no less. Jack Kirby, he writes, co-created the entire Marvel Universe and only gets his page rate. The Image Boys made millions off created off characters created by others. Then he says, the comparison is so close, it's frightening. You know, uh, I'll take a little umbrage. Uh, I created Cable, I created Deadpool, I created Domino, I created Shatterstar, I created Strife. I made my bones. Uh, it would be one thing if, yes, I just stayed with Sam and Danny and uh, and 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 Wolfsbane, Rachel, you know, Wolfsbane, Rain, that's her name. Uh, I transformed the book and uh, made my own fortune. And I think that is an integral part because I showed what a creator who is fully engaged could give you. And the promise of image was now Todd isn't going to give you Spider-Man and Morbius and Wolverine and existing stuff. He's going to give you stuff new. But from the MLF on down, from Cable, New Mutants, I love this, uh, this opportunity to rebut. No, sorry, John. And yes, co-creation can fall to the people who um, ride the coattails. It is... It has been happening since time began. David Michelini has his own uh, thoughts on this. Uh, Tony Isabella, who created Black Lightning, David Michelini with Venom. So uh, when he says Jack Kirby, you know, co-created, look, Jack was a force to be reckoned with. And we did not compare ourselves to Jack and I've said this many times, and this is one of the myths that I hope to dispel over and over and over again. And there's another myth about John Byrne and Image Comics that I'll dispel in a minute. But uh, I did not leave 
X-Force because I felt like I was being ripped off. I left X-Force because I saw a whole new world and opportunity ahead of me to take advantage of because my characters had done so well. That Cable had been so well-received and Deadpool had been so well-received and Domino had been so well-received. I thought, well, maybe since I'm having this connection, I can take it and the next time I'll get more than just a percentage. I'll have total equity rather than you know a, a sample of equity. So never thought I was being ripped off. Thought so grateful to Marvel and you're never going to find that vitriol coming from me. Now, I think some of the things Todd were saying about they didn't give me a watch. I didn't get a watch. I didn't get a thank you. I didn't get a pat in the back. Those are in interviews around Todd's time. Todd needed a rallying point. He needed an enemy. He needed a foe. And, and Marvel became that. Uh, but I'm not sure Jim or myself, nobody left because we thought we were being ripped off. I, I literally believe that that verbiage, that vitriol, that notion was put forth by Todd and Todd alone. He had a bone to pick. He expressed that bone. I couldn't believe. I'm, I'm 24 years old. I'm making millions of dollars. I can, it's incredible. I'm, I was overwhelmed and I felt blessed and I th- felt thankful. But for John Byrne to immediately, he had to make it something ugly. He had to make it something stinky. And this is consistent with what he said throughout the 90s. We were, we were standing next to Jack to try and, you know, uh, have some equivalents to have you see us like he did. Look, man, Jack was seen as a force to be reckoned with. I never looked at Jack Kirby like, oh, poor Jack, he got ripped off. I looked at Jack like, holy shit, I am standing next to the genius, the mastermind. Uh, I, I never looked at, oh, poor Jack. Jack, neither did Jack, by the way. He may have had an opinion that he deserved more. He's welcome to that opinion. Us doing business with Jack was exciting. It wasn't us trying to uh, transfer martyr. Because uh, again, you, you can see that John in the Jack Kirby Collector believes that by looking at Jack as a martyr, it demeans him. Um, Jack didn't ask you to look at him as a martyr. That's you. Uh, Jack can say he, sh- he should have gotten more and not have you cast him in the martyr role. And we certainly wouldn't, weren't. And we enjoyed our time with him. And uh, the fact that this was also consistent with what John did during the time, he would say, oh, the image guys. He actually, you know, nobody was excited about Jack until the image guys stood next to him, adopting him as their figurehead. Again, uh, all those things are wrong. Everybody cared about Jack, but you got to understand. You got to go back. This is a guy that did 30 pages that looked just like Jack Kirby. And then when asked by the Kirby collector, was he an influence on your work? Not specifically. Not specifically. John Byrne, Byrne Brighter, uh, then, I mean, he, he was in comics, a supernova until he wasn't. And then I think the new guys came in and he circled around uh, his peer group, whether it was uh, Frank Miller and, and, and uh, you know, Paul Chadwick, Dave Gibbons, these guys. And, 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 and at the time, Art Adams and Mike Mignola would be like the young bucks in legend. But again, if you read the legend interviews, John is talking about image. John is talking about image the entirety of the 90s. The one myth that I'm going to dispel is the myth that John was ever asked to be part of Image Comics. He was not, I can tell you that, as the first guy in the door with Image, and I've covered it here time and again and again. There's so many myths out there. Todd did not come on at first. It was Jim Valentino, it was Eric Larson, it was me. That's just fact. That's just history. I'll say it until the day I die. 
and Jim Valentino actually chronicled this in his Image 30th Anniversary book, which was published by Image Comics. He lays out the timeline. Todd comes in fourth. Jim comes in last. We were having discussions about everybody who could have been a potential. And John Burton was never, let's say, brought to the floor. I believe Jim jokingly, maybe, I wasn't there, admitted it, but it was never something like when Jim would come to us and say, hey, hey guys, because we weighed in. We had opinions. We, Todd would say, hey, I'm going to ask so-and-so. And then he asked him, they turned him down. Uh, because a lot of people weren't in the position. They didn't want to jump with us because so many of them got the jobs that we left behind. That's a fact, okay? Some of the people that we asked ended up years doing the jobs left behind. So could have image been, been bigger? Yes. Was John Byrne ever formally requested? Not a chance. No. Uh, I've covered where I, I offered John to do Supreme, offered him a six-figure payday. He basically very abruptly got off the phone with me just shy of hanging up. Uh, the phone was on speaker, Eric Stevenson, Richard Horry, uh, Marat, other guys in the studio. We all sat around the, uh, the, the phone as I made the call and got the full brunt of John's displeasure. Now, again, there is no comic book artist I've spent as much money on in my career, in my life, as a fan, as a professional, uh, than, than John Byrne. Over my collecting uh, period, I have spent, I, I, yeah, I'm into seven figures with, with John Byrne art, and, and, and I crossed that years ago. Uh, his comics, I rebuy them. I get nice new minty editions of them all the time. I love this guy. We got a big kick that he couldn't stand us that he would um, say kind of mean things about us. He is the one that, that created the moniker, the toddler. Now, I got to be honest, I laughed out loud. I had never heard Todd referred to as the toddler, but John Byrne re- re- repeatedly, whenever he would talk about Todd it in, in uh, excerpts, interviews from the Comics Buyer's Guide, from Comic Scene, Comics Journal, Comics Interview, the toddler, the toddler, oh, the toddler, on his message boards, the toddler. I, it was actually very inspired. Um, he he suggested I get out of the business. Uh, he he is uh, just a guy that didn't take the transition to not being the it guy. I stood on a table. I told my Extreme Studios they were all gathered around me at the time. It was about fifty people. We hadn't gotten to our sixty, and I told them, "This is Camelot." They looked at me confused. I said, Camelot faded and everyone scattered and they were searching for the grail. It's going to happen. Save your money, get an accountant, take care of yourself. I knew the window was closing the minute it gets as wide as it's going to get. It starts shrinking. It, it happens in sports. And at, why do they say prime of an athlete? The prime of this pitcher, the prime of this quarterback, the prime of this point guard. Because that is where you are at your apex. But, but pretty much the other side of the prime is that you're going to fall off eventually. I think musicians and illustrators have it the best uh, because we're not out there getting hit. And we don't have to jump high and, and jump over you know, people trying to tackle us, you know, get to the rim, uh, the wear and tear of baseball. Uh, look, athletes definitely have it the hardest. Actors visibly age, so you change your opinion about them. But artists, now, you're like, Rob, everybody's work changes. You mentioned John changed. No, Neil Adams didn't change. Walt Simonson didn't change. Uh, I can look at these guys, and they look like 
a version of themselves. When John Byrne's art changed, it, it didn't look like the John Byrne that I fell in love with. That doesn't mean that that stuff is any less fantastic. I, I view his X-Men as the best comic book art ever produced. But he was a guy who wanted to pick fights and he wanted to, to demean you and he wanted to um, you know, suddenly say that our affection with Jack was fake, was phony. We, we, we stood next to him you know, to be seen as suffering like him. That is not true. That is such a twisted version. And I've never really truly covered it here, but I want to I speak for the, the group. Eric Larson would back me up. Valentin would back me up. Lee Silvestri, Wills, and Todd would back me up in this thing. That is, nothing could be further than the truth. We adored Jack and enjoyed the opportunity to be in business with him. We never put him on like a cloak of suffering. John Byrne's X-Men run was a product of him following Dave Cockrum, who had laid the groundwork and done phenomenal uh, work. Giant says X-Men number one is a masterpiece. X-Men 100 is my favorite Dave Cockrum work from the cover to the very last page. It is beautifully illustrated. Dave was a top fan favorite, super popular artist. Uh, John made some cracks about that he wasn't gifted with the ability to meet a deadline. And so that opened the door for him. And in response, Dave Cockrum uh, wrote on his message boards in 2003, don't get me started on John Byrne. My opinion of his art is colored by the fact that I personally think he is an arrogant first-class jerk. Uh, His art on X-Men was interesting, sometimes innovative, many times as simplistic as a Saturday morning cartoon, which could explain the wide appeal that he has. He says, yep. X-Men sales took off when he took over the book, but what you may not know is those sales continued to take off and increase when I came back. And then he talks about him leaving the X-Men on both occasions was voluntary. He accepted a staff job as the cover design uh, editor and uh, at Marvel, and he couldn't do a nine-to-five job and then go home and draw comic books. He, uh, he said he was happy to take over after John left. He says, uh, John gets a lot of notoriety for his uh his time on the book but dave cockrum states if i hadn't created storm nightcrawler colossus phoenix mystique lalandra deathbird the shiar imperial guard which there are many and the star jammers which are kickoffs a kickoff <laughs> that's like that commercial where the dog says boss kickoffs well, um the star jammers which are kick ass x-men would have been an entirely different book and i stand with dave on that guy i i, I like dave immensely uh Never really shown some sketches I had him do in my sketchbook that he inked at a, at a con- convention where I just sat alongside of him when I was 16 years old and hung out with him. But uh, this is comic book feuds, people. This is comic book feuds. And, and, and again, uh, and, 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 and Dave's wife then blocked John Byrne uh, after some comments that John made, uh, blocked John from being part of the, uh, the, the Dave Cockrum memorial book that was put out uh, when Dave passed. For, for the record, the exact John Byrne quote on Dave Cockrum. Dave Co- Cockrum was a good artist and a hell of a designer, but the comic gods shorted him on the necessary speed to produce a comic book in a timely fashion. And uh, I'm going to tell you guys, I know people in the comic book business that are set off by way less than that. Uh, to many people, those are fighting words. So we're going to continue this because if, if you go, <laughs> if like me, and, and so here's the deal guys, 
one of the things uh, that I'm able to bring to this again is a personal perspective. And let me let me let me stop right there. And as we wrap this section up, because we got we got Jim Shooter, we got Mark Wade, uh, Peter David. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, and Dave says that it was while he was in the hospital. Uh, near death that Byrne made the crack about his work and it infuriated both Dave, Dave and his wife. So so that is the full. Uh, John has, uh, again, the toddler, Peter David, Jim Shooter, Brian Bendis, Joe Quesada, uh, Dan Slott, Mark Wade. This, this feud never ends. We will revisit more of these feuds, but I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that I'm able to give to you is because I've been in this business since 1986, I've been around a lot of this stuff. I have hung out, slept over as a young kid, visited at, you know, at, at, at artists, many of whom had worked with John Byrne, Inc. John Byrne. My work of John hasn't changed. I love his work. I, I can separate the person and the work. And I think the person is highly entertaining. And, and, uh, but, but he is, uh, I, I began this by telling you that it is refreshing how candid he is. Uh, I, I told you also, I wanted to come and get some books signed personally when he was back on the road. I was doing Snake Eyes for IDW at the time. This is right before the pandemic in 2019. Uh, and uh, John Byrne, when told by my friend Chris, who thought, well, I can bridge this gap. John doesn't really dislike Rob that much. John is at the center of the IDW booth. I am standing outside of the carpeted era area. And I see that, that suddenly there's an anim, animated movement. There's, 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 there's life with John. He, he's a little flustered. And Chris comes back and says, Rob, I was wrong. Uh, he said that if you come over to see him, there will be an incident. So I'm 52. What's he? Is he 70? We, we're going to have a couple of old men have a, have a bitch slap fight. I mean, is that what would have happened? But IDW was doing me a big solid. They had approved every, every single story point that I wanted to do in Snake Eyes Dead Game. They had worked to get Hasbro to get really excited about it. And I've been asked not to go see uh, the artist that is signing. I was able to get those books signed by someone else. And uh, ultimately during that period, I'm very proud that through, you know, other presences, other people, I got like at least 50 comics signed by John. Uh, they all came back to me and, uh, <laughs> and uh, a couple of them got, uh, got treated and, and, and graded by CBCS, who, who has a different policy than CGC. So I was thrilled, but uh, you know, the difference. So, 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 so being somebody who's only praised John, I was told, don't go near him on the, he, there will be an incident he has warned. And I got from, you know, cause Chris was the publisher of IDW, Chris Ryle. And I said, Chris, not a problem. I don't, I just want the book signed. I don't need to have a moment with him. And if it's going to trigger him, that's fine. Still love John. No hard feelings. A couple of things you guys have ex- a couple, I, I'd say some, some one, it, it's literally one. It's literally one critique that I've read, but it's good. I can, I can respond to it. Uh, it's like when the Mannings do their Manning cast, or I love Tony Romo or any of the existing quarterbacks. Mark Sanchez was not a great pro quarterback. Uh, he was good at SC. He was decent at the, at the Jets. He got them some success in the playoffs. 
but he wasn't some storied legendary Hall of Fame guy, but I enjoy his breakdown. He worked he he worked as a quarterback. He worked in the NFL in the highest level of professional sports in football. I love hearing these guys' insights, the people they played with, the conditions that they had, uh, you know, the history that they shared, the just the insights. I'm gonna always bring my point of view to this show. Uh, that's the one thing that makes what I tell you unique. I've walked among these people. I have interacted with them. I have been there with the decisions. So, so I'm just always going to bring you that perspective because that's all I got is my perspective in the moment as I was in the history of these things. So uh, that's never going to change. So just, just putting that out there. And I think it's why most of you appreciate, just like I appreciate the quarterback insight. It, it, I find it refreshing. But uh, John Byrne, again, the episode is called Comic Book Feuds. John Byrne is mad at everybody. Kirby, Image, etc. We're going to get to the etc. in another uh, time and place. But we had to lay, again, lay the foundation here today with so much of this. Just some crazy positions. The position against Kirby is nuts. Uh, his view of Image, equally nuts. Um, the snark towards Dave Cockrum, who... You don't get the new X-Men without Dave, super popular from the Legion of Superheroes, coming over from DC Comics, transferring that popularity into this very daring, bold initiative to reignite a book that was all for all purposes canceled. No new X-Men stories had been uh, commissioned for four years. And then boom, giant size X-Men catches the attention of an entire generation that was my age. We adored them and valued them and put them above Avengers, Fantastic Four, The Defenders, Justice League. Dave deserves his flowers, so I can see where that stuff set him off. John Byrne, lightning rod, relentless in his uh, in 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 his uh, <laughs> critiques and and uh, a bit of a loudmouth. I didn't get to Johnny Redbeard, Eric Larson's version of uh, John Byrne that he put into the Savage Dragon, but 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 you bet I will get to that when we return to this subject in the very near future. Thank you again so much for listening. What a, what a fun time. Before I pivot into uh, the, the generous reviews that y'all have been leaving for me, my son, who I am very proud of, I am proud of all my kids, Luke, Chase, Olivia, they're amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I didn't go to college. I was not built for education. My son, Luke, aced it, straight A's, great job right out of college, two years now in the financial sector, could not be more proud of him in the life that he is building for himself. My daughter uh, is is in college right now, forging her future. And then my son, Chase, followed me into the arts. I do comics. His arts is acting. He did, you know, plays, uh, uh, so many different productions at the high school, and then got booked on a YouTube show, then a TV show, then a movie. And his first big screen experience, he is part of a flashback. Uh, uh, Lucy Hale and Nat Wolf star in Which Brings Me to You. And they each share romantic encounters. It's there, there's a there's a there's a Ryan Reynolds comedy that, that that this reminds me of. Is it called Definitely Maybe? I, I I'm going from my memory, but where they go back through um, past romances. So so Lucy Hale and Atwolf both both do this. Chase is a one of Lucy Hale's romances, uh, and 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 it's going to be so exciting. I'm going to go tonight to see him on the big screen. I am so thrilled. Please, hey, take a date, take somebody you love. Go see a romantic comedy. It it looks to be about ninety minutes long. It's you're, you're in, you're out. Uh, I I am I am just really excited. Uh, Chase has got a lot of great stuff coming up. I can't talk about it here, 
but um, he just continues to amaze me with the ability to handle all of the rejection that the acting business has. Uh, so many auditions, but the ones that punch through, we are so excited about. And this is, uh, which brings me to you again, Chase's is a, 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 uh, one of the former ro- romances that Lucy Hill has that, that you'll see enacted in the film. And there, there's my plug for my kid and his film. And I am so excited for you guys to experience it. Also, next week, I will have in my hands Last Blood, my brand new project that I have been uh, working on on the side. I have produced two issues. The first issue will be uh, back in my hands from the printer. We are going to go live with it on Whatnot. Whatnot is an app. I'll just do that right now. Whatnot is an app that I am on. I am Rob Liefeld on the Whatnot app. It's a live stream. Uh, they have everything. They, they, I mean, literally, they, they sell clothes, jewelry, but we are in the comic book section, okay? Comic books, uh, modern comics. I sign and share remarked, signed Funko Pops, toys, comics, exclusives, variants, and Last Blood the only place you're going to be get it, the only place you are going to be able to get it is from me on my whatnot live stream. And it's going to debut uh, next week, looks to be uh, January 24th of 2024. And I am so excited. I, I am not sharing a single page, a panel. All of it is spoiler material. Every single page is a spoiler. I don't want to have it out there. When I show people, I've told them, when you, go, when you come on, I'm going to flip through the pages really quick so you can see it's, it's, it really is 28 pages of brand new uh, story and art by, by myself. Uh, there's some familiar faces. Obviously, if you like the Extreme Universe, I think you're going to dig this. You may want to get yourself uh, familiar with the Extreme Universe. I did some uh, remastered of it, versions of brigade last year uh some some facsimile uh editions of brigade and Bloodstrike years previously uh get familiar with these comics as fast as you can if you want to get the maximum enjoyment out of them i am so excited i think it is some of my very best work that i have done last blood is coming to you next week only only accessible from me directly direct to consumer whatnot is is the portal that we will be offering it uh, following that, I'm going to be talking to some stores if they want their own variants uh, go- going forward. But this is the launch that we're headed towards. I'll get one more kind of plug in before this lands, but I want to let you know, get on whatnot right now. Uh, it, there, it, it is possible. We will we will open it up to some pre-orders. So Rob Liefeld on whatnot, follow me. Great app, killer app, best live stream selling app I have ever encountered. Follow me over there. It's going to be great. Uh, hey, thank you for listening thanks for always sending these really kind reviews in today's review you guys when you leave reviews on the apple platform it helps us so incredibly much it helps elevate us and and increase our um our 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 visibility and our impact on the platform i just am so thankful that you guys take the time to do this today rick offenberger hey rick i know you i cannot believe i'm so touched that you uh wrote this and i'm so thrilled five stars gives us five stars he says, I've been listening to Rob's observations for a while now. Rob has really come back swinging for the fences in season six. The alphas really shined a light on the major problem in comics, followed by Jim Lee or Plan B with interesting insights to the X-Men. Then we see Guardians, Jim Valentino's amazing work at Marvel. The best part of my drive is listening to this podcast. Whoa! Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to get back from the mic. Whoa! Okay, Rick, thank you. That is so kind. All of you are so kind. Uh, I, I do this show for you guys. And, and again, today we just had some fun with some, 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 uh, some grudges 
and and uh and 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 we love those feuds, those fabulous feuds. If you guys saw the ratings, I got to do the feuds. <laughs> you guys love them so much. Rick, thank you. Rick Offenberger. Rick has his own line of comic books uh that 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 he uh puts out and of course I didn't I was not prepared to to uh to share this at the time but uh check out I did a cover for one of them anyway Rick Offenberg is a comic book creator google him o f f e n b e r g e r and find out all the cool comics that he has for you thank you Again, for living reviews, for listening to the show, for all the enthusiasm that, that, that you share with me on a regular basis. When I am not podcasting and you're not listening to these episodes, I hope that you can interact with me on social media. I am all over social media. I love it. It's the way to um, inter- interact with so many of you and, and share our mutual passion, which is comic books and superheroes. And I am on X, the, the, the platform formerly known as Twitter. I am at Robert Liefeld. The whole thing, it's, it's a mouthful. R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. Straight shot. One word, Robert Liefeld. I got the blue check that, that, that verifies I am the real deal, okay? That, 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 that this, is, uh, this is legit. Robert Liefeld on the platform formerly known as Twitter. X. Uh, look for me, hang out with me. I love reading your uh, replies, your mentions, your DMs. The conversations that we have there are some of the richest that I have. They're, they're so fun. Follow me, Rob, Robert Liefeld uh, on X. Over on Instagram, I am sharing more of a visual representation of my life, my meals, uh, the things that I eat, people I hang with, my family, my art, my toys. I, I just, I, I cannot love Instagram more. It is my favorite of all the social media platforms. I, I read your messages. I read your replies. You're always so incredibly generous. Uh, thank you for following me on Instagram. I'm just Rob Liefeld. Another blue check. Rob Liefeld, blue check. Rob Liefeld uh, tells you that I am the real Rob Liefeld, not the imitations. It is really me you are talking with, you are replying with. And uh, just just keep watching that space for more uh, weird shares. Because uh, one, once upon a time, I t- my, my kids say that I have a cringe account. I may, in fact, have a cringe account, but it's for you people. It's I'm cringing for you. I would really like you to follow us over to Facebook. We have a group. It's called Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond. It is a fantastic group. We are looking uh, to share the experience with you. We have art contests, myself and the administrator, another guy named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. We are the only two that uh, moderate and and administrate uh, the site. So it it is either myself or him that will actually click you on through uh, once you find us and put in for membership. And then we have art contests that are run by Terry. Uh, great, great people showing their art, showing their passions. We have great discussions. It is where so many of the discussions that we start here on Rob's Observations uh, go a little longer, go a little, uh, a re- little, little more in depth. That that happens over at Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond. It's a group. It's on Facebook. Look for us. We will look to receive you. I've already given whatnot the great plug. Please find us on whatnot. I cannot wait to share. Um, I again, I have an exclusive Thundercats cover. I have uh, Deadpool work coming, Marvel covers, and The Last Blood. So don't miss don't miss out on on the chance to catch one of my live streams. It's me. I'm talking right at you. For the, the other night, we went three hours. It goes by so fast. It's so fun. When my Wednesdays and Saturdays are generally the times that we will lock in and uh, and do it regularly. But if you follow me, Rob Liefeld, you'll you'll get alerts as to when I'm I'm gonna be. Uh, having a, sh- a show, you'll you'll be alerted to. Hey, it's Wednesday. He's going to be on at 7 p.m. Pacific. So, look forward to seeing you over on whatnot and all these amazing platforms. It's it's a new year. We are middle of January, uh, having a good time, 
I hope that you are taking the very best uh, care of your emotional uh, self, your spiritual self, your physical self, uh, and your mental self. Those are those are all uh, things that matter tremendously. I want everyone, including me and my family, to be in the best possible uh, place that we can be. And again, I always, always advocate for taking a cheat day, taking make that weekend count, make that evening off uh, count, watch something that you love, a streaming show, a movie that you've had on the queue. Uh, grab a graphic novel, a comic book, uh, a, a you know a, a novel that you've been dying to read. Have great food. Go to Italian, Mexican. Go to Thai. Go 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 get that 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 uh that sushi. Um, my, my kids are getting me in the groove. I'm going to different sushi restaurants. I'm finding stuff I like. But always, always make sure you have dessert. Okay. Uh, the the milkshake place that I was talking about. It's called the Straw in Orange County. It's not far from South Coast Plaza. Google it. The Straw, the best milkshakes I've ever ever had. Oh boy, is it going to be a chore? Um, and yes, they can custom make for me a a, a Reese's Big Cup milkshake. I've already asked. The Straw in Orange County. Uh, I believe it's Costa Mesa, maybe Santa Ana, but it's uh Google the Straw. The most amazing custom uh, milkshakes. Uh, my wife and I ran over there uh, early in the year and and devoured some of those shakes. And uh, it, it can't be a regular stop for us. Otherwise, uh, I'll, I'll have a diabetic coma from the about, amount of sugar that is that is added on top of what I'm already uh, unhealthily d- digesting. But yeah, big cups. What's your favorite candy? Mr. Good Bar is my default number two. I do enjoy a good Kit Kat. M&M's without the peanuts. I just like the M&M's. Anyway, candy's my thing. I love it. Uh, big cups with caramel, with potato chips, with pretzels, with cocoa puffs, uh, with hair. No. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. You're you're just such a valued um, part of my life and my experience. Please don't leave me now. Come back. Circle back. I'm going to be here. I'll be waiting. I'm going to see you. We will most definitely, absolutely, and inevitably. We're going to talk again real soon.